It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405 362 7128405362 On today's show, we're going to dive into Shams putting out the report again about a Christmas Day start for the NBA. And also, Mark Stein will update us in his newsletter about the Thunder coaching search. And there was another report over the last couple of days that there is a package in place from New York for Chris Paul that would have Sam Presti happy about a trade involving Chris Paul. We're also going to dive into the uniform leaks and what it could mean for your Oklahoma City Thunder. So a lot to unpack today on Locked on Thunder. This is your only podcast that happens every single day about the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're going to dive in first to the Shams report. And he says that, look, Christmas Day start feels inevitable, that players will vote on Thursday or Friday, and this will all come to an end this week. As I've said uh, throughout this week, this is it. Friday has to be the drop-dead date no matter what happens. No more extensions after you've given four extensions. We have to know the plans for next season before the draft, which is coming up in less than a week, less than two weeks. So the players will vote Thursday or Friday, and it seems like Christmas Day, you know, the week of Christmas start is inevitable because two-thirds of the league has either not played since the March hiatus or has had at least three months off. So of those two-thirds, the players on those teams of the two-third teams, they care more about the revenue than they do about the time off and delaying the start and having more time between the finals and the, the startup. They care more about the revenue lost. And the 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 big holdup right now, it appears, is not about the start date anymore. It seems like the start date is going to happen. The big holdup is the escrow, which is how much money the NBA will hold back for a three-year a three holding period. The NBA wants to keep 25%. The players want them to keep just 15%. So we'll see how that all unfolds from there. So this would be, if it starts on December 22nd, it would be a, it would be a, you know, December 22nd starts, 72 game season that would end, you know, around the same time, May end, finals end in, in June, and then you're back to your normal schedule to please not only your TV partners, but allow these players to get back into the Olympics and to play in the Olympics, which matters so much. Now, earlier than this report, which kind of laid the foundation for me thinking 
that that what Shams eventually would tweet would gonna what is going to come to fruition about the Christmas Day week start being inevitable. I keep saying Christmas Day. It's not the 25th. It's, it's the 22nd. So just the Christmas Day week start because uh, for some reason I think that that's more easy to say than the 22nd because I'm just an idiot. But nonetheless, I, I think that you know uh, Woj tweeting out earlier this week, earlier in this day on Tuesday that the play-in tournament was going to be back and that they've kind of agreed to the play-in tournament. I was like, okay, well, if they're agreeing to the play-in tournament, they've probably got a good idea of the rest of these scenarios, of the rest of the luxury tax, of the salary cap, of the start date, if we're already getting down to the nitty-gritty of the play-in tournament. Now, how does the play-in tournament impact the Oklahoma City Thunder? Well, the play-in tournament that's projected right now is the 7 and 8 seeds playing the 9 and 10 finishers. And so it'd be the same format we saw in the bubble. The seventh seed would only have to win one game of the series. The tenth seed would have to beat the seventh seed two times in a row. Same thing for the eighth seed. Higher seed only needs to win one game. Lower seed needs to win two games. I do think that that could be a bit of a problem because, like, even this year in the West, which is supposed to be the, the tough conference and supposed to be uh, the, the competitive conference. Even in the West, the Mavericks had no business being lumped into a play-in tournament this year. The Mavericks at seven were the clear-cut seventh-best team. Uh, there was no reason to even mess around and get gimmicky and, and risk losing Luka Doncic from the playoffs because they were clearly a playoff team and clearly deserved that seventh spot. Because no matter who you go up against, you can lose two games in a row. I mean, it's, it's basketball, it's sports, uh, weird things happen. But I understand the appeal for the league, and I understand the appeal for the TV partners, and in a year in which you're chasing revenue with, with gambling, with um, alcohol sales, with jer- second you know, advertising jersey patches, with practice jersey patches, with more stuff on the court for the advertisement. In a year you're chasing revenue, I understand it, and I understand that the, that the playing tournament is fun, and it will create more eyeballs because, look, those that, that Grizzlies-Portland game was awesome. I mean, you attach stakes to anything in sports, and you'll watch it. I mean, stakes create a great environment. It creates something fun. Now, what does this mean for the Thunder, who we expect to tank? Look, they're not going to be in the playing tournament, but... If I give you, being an NBA GM, the incentivization that now not only can you just finish 8th and get in, you can finish 9 and 10 and have the chance to get in, have the chance to, you know, I don't know how they're going to do these. I would imagine both the games we played in the higher seeds home arena, but if you some for some reason split it up and you did get to play uh, one of those games in the lower seeds arena, uh, then I give you more revenue. Uh, you're going to get more revenue anyway. But if I if I give you all of that, now you're looking to make a push for that eight, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten seeds. And so a slow start will not deter you and make you immediately tank if you went into the season with playoff aspirations. And who in the Western Conference goes into this season without playoff aspirations? It's the Thunder. Maybe the Spurs don't don't want, want to make the playoffs. Maybe they want to tank, but that's not where really their mo. That's not in their DNA. I don't see them outright tanking. The only team who will actively make their current roster worse but make their future brighter this offseason in the Western Conference are the Thunder. So with this new addition of okay, all I got to do is be in the top ten in the West. With this new addition becomes as long as there's no devastating injury, I'm gunning for that spot in a 72-game season the entire time. Therefore, there's no one in the Western Conference to out-tank you. And if you trade Chris Paul to the Knicks, 
then they're gunning for the top 10 in the East. And, and, and the Bulls with Billy Donovan, they're gunning for the top 10 in the East. And you start to subtract these tanking teams, and you're the only one left at the dance. And all you have to do is get into that top three, top four area and get that 14% chance to get the top overall pick. That's the best you can do. That's all you have to do. You just need to get to that marker that'll give you 14% chance at Cade Cunningham. That's all you got to do this season. And with this addition to, to the season in a Western Conference that the Timberwolves, who own the, the first overall pick, and the Warriors, who own the second overall pick, literally want to win this season and make a playoff push for the Warriors. You want to make a make a finals push for the Wolves. You want to win now in the sense of you want to make the playoffs this year. Literally the, the worst teams in the West with the highest draft picks this year want to try to win. Not to mention Portland still in the mix. Not to mention the Suns that they had a explosion in the bubble that they want and hope can, can um, you know, boost them in to next season and propel them into the postseason uh, this year. You go down the list in the West and everyone wants to make it in. Now, what happens with the Rockets is interesting because you're starting to see James Harden lay the foundation for demanding a trade. I praise that coaching hire. I said it was the best thing that they've done this offseason uh, is hiring, uh, is their coaching hire. And you, and you hear James Harden now saying he hates it. And I don't see the point in hating it. I think that he he's a phenomenal offensive mind. He has worked with Luka Doncic and, and created a, an excellent role alongside Rick Carlisle for Luka Doncic, which is a comparable player to James Harden. I don't know how you can bash this higher unless you just simply mean, I don't like the direction that Tillman is going by cutting cost. And it seems like that's what Tillman is trying to do at every turn is cut cost. And I don't think that that's going to be effective in us winning in Houston. And so you're seeing him lay the foundation. Anytime a star starts to nitpick and, and, and backdoor their way through the media or through whatever and say that they're unhappy with something, you start to lay that foundation of, okay, in a, in a year or two at the most, he's going to have the other shoe drop and they're going to, he's going to demand a trade. What if that happens, as you see Daryl Morey today, trying to get in the fray of James Harden sweepstakes and, and make a push for Harden and the Rockets have shut that down emphatically um, in their front office. But what if Harden says, oh, you know what, Daryl Morey, you want me in, in Philadelphia? I want to be in Philadelphia. I'm going to demand a trade. Well, then you force the hand of the Houston Rockets. So maybe by the time we kick this off on December 22nd, maybe you do have another tanking team. But as of right now, you're the only team that wants to lose in the West, and every other team is gunning for that top 10. And so no one is going to put their foot off the gas against the Thunder unless they just have devastating injuries. When you can get into the top 10, and that is now your range, 1 to 10 instead of 1 to 8, the only thing that will deter you from going for it and, and deter you from thinking, okay, well, a hot couple weeks here and we're back in it, would be a devastating injury like you lose your star player the same way that the Thunder did um, with, with KD and Russ going down, the same way that the Warriors did. Um, you know, you, you see these injuries all the time. You can't predict injuries. But outside of an injury, that's the only way I see another Western Conference team tanking. Therefore, they're going to try their hardest against you in the Western-only schedule. Therefore, you're going to lose games. Therefore, you're going to get 14% chance at drafting Kate Cunningham, which you should absolutely love. So I love everything about these reports today. I want basketball back earlier. I want the play-in tournament. And I also love Built Bar because Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to Bilbo.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get yourself 20% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar has six brand new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, 
lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They are soft and easy to chew with the 100% chocolate on the outside. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious guy or girl, losing or maintaining weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, they're low-sugar, they're high-protein, they're high-fiber, they are great for the keto diet. You're even going to get, even going to get a free cooler with every purchase while supplies last. So act right now. Go to Pilper.com, use that promo code locked on, and get that 20% off your next order. Promo code locked on, 20% off your next order of Built Bars at BiltBar.com. Get yourself a box today. They are fantastic. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so we are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. I want to dive now into the Mark Stein report from the New York Times talking about the Thunder head coaching search. And I wouldn't take too much out of this. I mean, he basically just said that he's hearing a bunch of assistants are in the mix, and then you can also have a possible mystery candidate. So anytime you throw in that qualifier of, and by the way, here's a list of names, but by the way, there can still be a possible mystery candidate. Um, I appreciate the names given out there, but anytime that there's still that qualifier, it kind of tells me you don't know too much solid information, uh, but still, he puts out there Will Hardy from the Spurs, who we've all talked about at, at nauseum, Charles Lee from the Bucks, Will Weaver from the Sydney Kings, and also has some NBA experience as well, but he is coaching overseas in Australia, and then Mark D and Brian Keefe from the Thunder. Uh, Mark D is interesting. He's a mini Billy Donovan. I mean, that, that's just what it is. I mean, that's exactly why you brought him in to coach the Blue whenever you hired Billy Donovan, because uh, he runs that same system Donovan does. He learns under the tree of Billy Donovan every step of the way, and he would be a mini Billy Donovan. He knows this organization. He knows this culture, and he would truly just be another Billy Donovan. So I understand why that hire is interesting to Sam Presti, who still loved Billy Donovan to the very end, but he couldn't commit to Billy Donovan because Billy Donovan did not want to wait around in this, re- in this rebuild, which we've talked about at nauseum. Will Hardy, still firmly in the mix. He, he's been the one that's kind of been repetitive here. Other names, Charles Lee and, and Will Weaver, uh, we haven't discussed too much on the show, but Will Hardy uh, has been on every list that we've seen for the assistant coaching job, uh, for the head coaching job as, as an assistant. Um, it seems pretty evident, as I've said before, this will be an assistant coach hire. You're going to promote an assistant coach from some staff onto the head coaching position at your staff um, because the college season starts in, in two weeks. You're not pulling a guy from college. I mean, you're just not. That would be a terrible look for them. It would burn every bridge in the NCAA level. Uh, you've let all the retread hires get hired elsewhere, and, and Sam Presti never wants to make a retread hire anyway. And so we've been left with assistant coaches. And Will Hardy, I get it, the Spurs connection, but if you're going to go Spurs to me, I would still go Becky Hammond, who has not been thrown out there by anyone yet uh, outside of you know myself just saying I would like to hire her, uh, but I don't have any sources or anything inside the building. But Will Hardy wouldn't inspire me too much only because I just think that if you're going to pick off that Popovich tree anyway, why not get who is considered the best option in Becky Hammond? Uh, but Will Hardy, for all we know, could be an amazing coach. 
Um, I, I like Mark D. He is, again, I think, just a, a mini Billy Donovan. Uh, I don't know too much about Brian Keefe, uh, you know, in terms of what he could be as a head coach. Don't know too much about Will Weaver. Um, I've heard great things about him. I've heard that he is going to be eventually a really good head coach at the NBA level, um, but I don't know why or, or what they see in him because you know, I haven't really studied the Sydney Kings or or the NBA staffs he's been on in the past and then Charles Lee from the Bucks. Um, you know, I think that eventually this comes down to Will Hardy or Mark D. I, I really do think that, and we'll see what Sam Presti wants to do. The, the coaching hire gets decided pretty soon, I think, because the draft's coming up in two weeks, and although whoever Presti picks and, and signs as the next head coach will have no bearing on the draft pick because Sam Presti has full control on roster construction, uh, it's still a good look to have, hey, you just been drafted by the Thunder, I'm Sam Presti, you know, glad to have you, let me let me, let me, let me let you talk to the head coach and let you see what he wants to put you in and, and the roles he wants to put you in, things like that. And then look, if we get this December 22nd start, which feels inevitable from Shams, Training camp starts December 1st. That's under a month away from training camp. You need a head coach, and you're going to get one, I think, either by the end of the week or early next week, you're going to have a head coach. But that's the Mark Stein report. Those are the names listed. I can't tell you who's going to be amazing. Um, I can tell you that I would rather have Becky Hammond than any of these people. But still, what do I know? Maybe they're all going to be great head coaches one day. Mark D., Billy Diamond Jr., I know that much. Will Hardy, um, a part of the pop tree. So we'll see if you can continue on the pop legacy and be a good head coach at the NBA level. So I want to move on now to this report uh, from New York that the Knicks have a package put together and lined up for Chris Paul that would make Sam Presti happy. And the verbiage of happy is what really caught my eye. It's what really has me interested because I don't see the need in pointing out Sam Presti is happy. If the only thing you're talking about is Kevin Knox. I don't think that, that that it warrants happy if you're saying, okay, the Knicks have a package of Knox and Dennis Smith Jr. and, and Julius Randle for Chris Paul. That would kind of be, hey, they have a package they think that they think could get accepted. But to firmly indicate that Sam Presti, who's as, who's as private and close to the vest as any GM in basketball, would be happy about a package, to me, that includes a nice asset. And you look at that Knicks roster, they have three nice assets. They have R.J. Barrett, they have Mitchell Robinson, and they have the eighth pick this year. I think we can all agree R.J. Barrett should be untouchable, and so he is untouchable. I think we can all agree that Mitchell Robinson should be untouchable, and so he is untouchable. That leaves one happy asset. One asset you look at and go, wow, you know, look at this trade package. That's really going to make Sam Presti happy. If they offered that, he would be over the moon. And that's the eighth overall pick in this year's draft class. That gets you involved in the conversation for Big O. That gets you involved in the conversation for maybe a Therese Halliburton if he falls. That gets you involved in the conversation for one of these top guys. It's a top 10 pick. Look, I know this draft class does not have the stars, but that's still a top 10 pick. The only thing more valuable than that, than those three would be a 2022 first-round pick or beyond. Because I think that this that this trade would nuke the value of 2021's pick for the Knicks. Because if you're trading for Chris Paul, you would assume they're trading to make the postseason. They're trading to try to get in the play-in game. They're, tra- they're trading this, this, this asset to try to get to the postseason, and they're going to do more moves than this, and they're going to go for it. So they're going to be good. And you never turn your, your nose up at a pick, but... I'd rather have a top 10 shot than, you know, a late lottery pick or even a non-lottery pick, even if it's from the Knicks. 
But now in 2022, all bets are off because you just never know what happens with Chris Paul. You never know what happens with that organization. Uh, but I think that you look at those assets and what would make Sam Presti happy? What would be worth the noting? Hey, look, he's going to be happy at this package. It's going to be the eighth overall pick. Or it's going to be R.J. Barrett. Or it's going to be Mitchell Robinson. I came on this show whenever the Knicks were involved in the sweepstakes for, for Chris Paul. And I said, I think that, you know, you get Julius Randle back and a flyer and Kevin Knox and, and you go from there. That wouldn't make Sam Presti over the moon. Now, it might be acceptable, but it wouldn't make him happy. And so maybe I'm hung up on the verbiage of happy. And, and maybe that verbiage was only thrown in there to generate clicks and to generate attention. But if that is a valid report, and if that is something that 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 the reporter says genuinely, that he genuinely thinks Sam Presti will be happy, it's got to be more than Kevin Knox, you would think. Am I crazy? I mean, I mean, I don't think that that a package, even if it's acceptable from Sam Presti's side of things, he'll look at it and be overly happy he got Kevin Knox. So that could be exciting stuff. The report also mentions that that Chris Paul would would prefer to play in New York or prefer to play in uh, LA. So one of the two destinations there for Chris Paul coming up. I want to talk about the leaked uniforms around the NBA and what that could mean for the Oklahoma city thunder. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so we are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I. LES. I want to dive into the leaked uniforms, and I think that the Mavericks stole the show with the green throwbacks. That's amazing. That's one of the best jerseys in sports, one of the best jerseys in the NBA. That's awesome. Now, the leaks I want to talk about are the City Edition jerseys, and I want to try to think of what the Thunders could look like. And as I'm seeing these circle jerseys that Nike has thrown out there and that they've fallen in love with, you have the circle jerseys in New York with the, with the phrase, City That Never Sleeps. You have the circle jerseys in Detroit that have Motor City, Detroit, Michigan, you know, Detroit, MI uh, for the Pistons. I think Oklahoma City, if you go the circle route, would say what? Loud City, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. So maybe that's that's the style Oklahoma City will go with with the city jerseys. You can also see the throwback side of things. I don't think that the Thunder and we'll do that because they're not going to have a throwback Sonics jersey and they don't have any throwback Thunder jerseys unless you want to switch back to the uh, the way that the home jerseys used to be with the Thunder on the whites and the Oklahoma City on the blue, which they switched last year. That's the only throwback Thunder jerseys there are. And, and you're not going to bring back one of the um, past iterations of the City or Statement jerseys from Nike. So there's no throwback jerseys for the Thunder, uh, even though you see throwbacks with Dallas. You see the Oakland, we believe, throwbacks with the Warriors. I wonder how Oakland, you know, just as a as a population, you know, feels about that. Feels about the Warriors still sporting Oakland and, and all that on their jerseys and and uh, you know merchandise while no longer playing in Oakland. 
is it a slap in the face or is it like, oh, okay, at least we're still a part of this. At least we still feel connected to this. I just wonder how that all goes down. I mean, I, I don't know the, the construct of, of the Warriors fan out in California, uh, but, but we have seen the Jersey leaks. Dallas also has a white and gold Jersey. I got to tell you, I don't really like it. If you've seen that, that mock-up, let me know what you think. I think it's a very um, polarizing Jersey because some people love it. Some people have no opinion on it and some people hate it. And, and I just don't understand how people can love it. I understand the no opinion because it's not like atrocious, atrocious, um, but I don't love it. I, I don't. And I, and, and I, I really think that they could have done better, but they did make up for it by having the throwback green jerseys. And this is not the modern green. The modern green has the, the Mavs on the chest. This is the true throwback Michael Finley, you know, and them boys early, early Dirk, you know, Dirk rookie year, you know, just chilling in the green. These are pristine throwbacks. I cannot wait to get my hands on a Luka Doncic Mavericks green jersey and, and get that throwback edition. Uh, but for the Thunder, it seems like since they don't have a throwback, they're going to go with the the circle look. I mean, it's kind of what the other teams have done. And what else would you put there besides Loud City? Let me know what you would put on a jersey. Um, and then I did want to talk about, while we're on jerseys, the NBA talking about a second jersey sponsor on the jersey. So you would then go both sides, I guess, of the shoulder with a jersey patch and then have the Nike underneath one of them. That would be interesting. And then um, you, you, for the Thunder, you could see Sonic get in the mix. You could see Velveeta get in the mix because Velveeta is all over Thunder Twitter and has been for uh, quite a few months now. Maybe they maybe they actually do get in the mix, but I think that you'd be more likely to see Paycom or Sonic or, or one of these organizations get in the mix uh, if the Thunder did get a second jersey jersey patch alongside the Love's patch. And my hottest Thunder take might be the Love's patch isn't that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. Uh, it's not the best as far as jersey patches go because the best ones to me are the ones that don't have any border around them or, or like even a true logo. It's just like a script of, Hey, we're, we're five mile or, or we're FedEx or whatever. It's just a script on the, on the shoulder. It's not like the entire patch patch of like a square patch with different colors in the Jersey and things like that. It's not the best one by any means, but it's also not like worth talking about literally any time a Jersey comes up or some people talk about it anytime the thunder come up, which is just give it a break, please. It's not that bad. In my opinion, it's not bad enough to warrant that kind of criticism, but I get it. People don't like it. It's a touchy subject for some people with the loves Jersey patch. And if you're still buying jerseys, just don't get one with the jersey patch. I, I haven't bought a jersey um, since Jeff Green. I've had three Thunder jerseys. Kevin Durant, embroidered white jersey. Jeff Green, uh, road blue jersey. And Nick Collison. That's it. I don't I don't buy jerseys anymore. I, I, I've, I really stopped that in like middle school. I just don't really have jerseys. Um, I'm really not going to get a Luka Doncic green throwback jersey, but it will look nice. I mean, it's going to be so excellent to see the Mavericks back in that green jersey and going back with the retro logo also with the new court. Uh, they're going to have the uh, the cowboy hat logo on the M. It's going to look good. But nonetheless, let me know what you think that the jerseys could look like for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let me know what you think about the Chris Paul trade package and the Mark Stein coaching search updates. And also, the NBA start-o-meter is firmly on Christmas now. I'm back. It's, it's Christmas or bust for me on the NPA restart date. We'll see when the official votes get cast on Thursday or Friday by the NBA. So a lot to cover this week. This is Locked on Thunder, the only podcast that happens every single day about your Oklahoma City 
Thunder. We'll be here again. Subscribe to the show wherever it is you get your podcast from. Review the show on iTunes, five stars only. Leave a question in that five-star review, and I will answer it live on this show. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Be good, and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Lockdown Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.